I'm going to stop right there and I want to get started because I believe today that the shirt says it all. Humility. It's where heaven's power causes the natural to become supernatural. Amen? And when the natural becomes supernatural, nothing is impossible with God. Pray with me, please. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for this day. I give you praise because even in the midst of a pandemic, you say, do not fear, for the Lord your God is with you. But today, Father, I pray as I sit myself down that your spirit would rise up and that you would, Lord, allow my mind to be sharp and my tongue, Lord, to speak your truth. But I pray everyone hearing this message of light and life, Lord, you would cause vision to spring up inside of them. I pray that you would loose God fear of man and the fear of the Lord would come forth and there would be Lord a joy in their spirit for the joy of the Lord is our strength God do a miracle even while those online are listening and those that are in Lord the building are Lord praising Lord let there be today Lord a such a revival Lord light that fire in the name of Jesus I want to see a revival so great that the devil has to pray for the rapture. God, let there be such a loosing right now of people that there'd be no condemnation, there'd be no heaviness, no oppression, depression on their lives. People's bodies would be healed, marriages would be restored, children would come into alignment, destinies would now come into view, and Lord, there would be such a peace that it would even blow our natural mind. Do a miracle in this time. In the name of Jesus, God, we thank you that we are the blessed people of God. And so we declare right now, release me, increase my territory. Lord, we do it by faith. We pray it in the name of Jesus. And then people of God said, Amen. Why don't you look at your neighbor and give him the finger and say, this is intense. This is intense. This is intense. Come on, sit down if you can. I love that worship. Wasn't that wonderful worship? Wow, wonderful worship. You know, when I look at this message, and we're getting ready to go into another calendar year, but I also look at our past year and how God says, you need to go beyond, and he was calling us beyond. You know, it was such a, a timely message because the Lord knew where we would be at this time. And because of that, I thank him that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Don't you? And that's why when you look at my thesis today, and that is humility is heaven's ability for the natural to be supernatural. Then you begin to understand that when you're born again, according to Galatians, 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 slow down. Galatians chapter 2 and 20, it says it this way. We've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer we who live, but Christ that lives in us. In the life that we live in the flesh, we live it by faith in the Son of God who loved us and he gave himself for us. Amen, church? So I want you to get my subthesis today. My subthesis is this. There is a delicate tension between realizing what we are and remembering what we were. You know, when I think of where I was, 
I only shake right now, and by the grace of God, I am where I am. Amen? The Apostle Paul says, I am what I am because of the grace of God. And you are what you are because of the grace of God. God's riches at Christ's expense are why you are what you are right now if you've received Jesus. F.B. Myers said something, and the great theologian, and I wrote that down, and I thought this was interesting when we talk about the intensity of this pandemic and the intensity of what is coming at us in this hour. And I really believe that it was, it was, it was apropos when he says, I used to think that God's gifts were on shelves one above another, and the taller we grow, the easier we can reach them. And he said, now I find that God's gifts are on shelves one beneath another, and the lower we stoop, the more we get. You know, it's really an upside-down kingdom because once you start understanding that, it's not how much you're growing like this, but it's how much you're lowering like that that allow you to claim the blessings of God. I have discovered, even as Paul says in Romans 12 and 3, he says this, and I thought this was interesting, not to think of yourselves more highly than you ought to think, but to think of yourselves with sound judgment because God has given everyone a measure of faith. You know, in order for the measure of faith to work inside of you, it is definitely predicated on your ability to walk in humility. If you cannot walk in humility, and I see a lot of people saying, why isn't this thing happening for me? Why aren't things moving? And it doesn't matter if we're in a pandemic. God is still able to get some things done without you. God is still able to get things done in, in, in the off-season. You know, humility is nothing more than having a realistic evaluation of our condition. When you look at who you are and what you were, and then you begin to start thanking God for you're not where you used to be. How many of you think about that and you say, I'm not where I used to be? Come on, raise some hands. Show me some hands. I'm not what I used to be. But in your spirit, that's the... That's the past tense. But in the present tense, how many of you have this thing in your belly that says, but I'm not where I want to be and where I believe that I'm called to be? Come on. You see, I think all of us can identify with that, that there is a tense inside of us. And during this intense time where, you know, we're in uh, social distancing and we're on lockdown and everything else, I believe that it's really been intense, but man did not do this. This was God's design. This was God's intention. He knew we were going to be in this situation, and he knew that his people were going to thrive under these conditions. You know, when you understand, if you truly are humble, you'll constantly be amazed at God and his goodness and his graciousness to you. God has already proved his love to you in numerous ways, but you don't, you don't even, you don't take things for granted, but everything that you do, you're just grateful. God, I'm thankful. God, I'm grateful that you woke me up this morning. God, I'm grateful that I have a roof over my head. God, I'm grateful, Lord, that I've got health and strength. God, I'm grateful, Lord, that I, I, I'm, I'm able to, you know, have my faculties amongst me. You know, it, it, I'm grateful. Come on, somebody say, I'm grateful. I'm grateful. You know, you online, too, I want you to make sure that you put some grateful hearts and grateful hands and say, I'm grateful, God, I'm grateful. Because God looks for the grateful. The Bible says in the 100th Psalm, he says, come into my gates with thanksgiving, into my courts with praise. And see, when we come before God in that way, heaven's gates are always open for us. 
God's not holding things back from you, but even as we are growing in, in the Lord, we're learning how to receive the things from God. You know, I've learned that you cannot be grudge or even find yourself getting upset when God is blessing other people. Because did you know this, beloved, that frustration kills your faith? When you're frustrated and when you are in a, a situation where, where you are, 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 are resentful of somebody else and what they're getting, and it seems like your blessing is so slow in coming, you see, that's when God is literally doing his best work and he's watching you. You know, I, I read a story about uh, of, of a, a dog and an elephant who got pregnant at the same time. And the dog... Uh, literally was pregnant three months later, gave birth to a litter of pups, and the dog six months later gave, up, uh, gave birth to another six pups. But then down the line, the dog gave birth again and was pregnant nine months later, gave birth to another dozen puppies. The pattern just kept continuing, kept having babies. But then the conversation started when the, the dog was talking to the elephant. And the elephant was pregnant at the same time, but it literally took the elephant two years to have an elephant. The dog was given, given birth, and, and by my calculations, that's, that's almost like at least 30, 30 pups somewhere in there. Amen? <laughs> but the elephant looks back and says something when the dog says, are you sure you're pregnant? Because I've been having all these children. Look at all my children over there. And you haven't had one. And the elephant responded back and said, there is something that I want you to understand. What I'm carrying is not a puppy, but an elephant. I only give birth to one baby in two years. And when my baby hits the ground, the earth feels it. When my baby crosses the road, man, animal, and everything watch in admiration to it. What I'm carrying draws attention. And not only that, so what I'm carrying signals majestic, majesty, great, how great thou art. So don't get it twisted. I don't give birth a whole lot, but when I do, baby, it's something special. Some of us are in a situation where we're saying, my blessing has not come. But you don't understand, whatever is in you, the greater in you is greater than he that is in the world. And when God gets you pregnant, don't cross your legs because something beautiful is coming out of you. Oh, I know I went there. Yes, I did. But I'm telling you, if you spend some time with him, you will get pregnant. I'm not talking about like Mary. I'm talking about reading your Bible. Because he said all scripture is God brave, useless for teaching, correcting, rebuking, and training in righteousness. And I believe that God is declaring right now in this lockdown, I've been intimate with my church. I've been giving her some essential services. As she's been in the word and praying, I've been putting something inside of her that's majestic, that when it hits the earth, it's revival. Everybody's going to see this thing. You won't be able to keep it to yourself. If you believe it, shout yes. yes. You see, 
You can't compare your journey to someone else's journey. That's why humility. I believe God humbles us sometimes. I believe we feel a little bit uncomfortable that, well, I'm going to church. And then you see somebody next to you and they're not going to church and it seems like they're getting blessed. The Lord said, stay in your lane. Quit looking over the fence and wondering what everyone else is doing. He said, I've got something inside of you. Look at your neighbor and say, stay in your lane. You know, what God says about humility is he says this in Matthew 23 and 12. He says, for whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. He also says this in Isaiah 57, 15. He says, for this is what the high and the lofty one says. He says, who lives forever, whose name is holy. He said, I live in a high and holy place, but also, watch this, with him and her who has a contrite heart lowly in spirit, to revive the spirit of the lowly and to revive the heart of the contract. You see, I think we get this thing twisted so many times because when we come into a relationship with Jesus, we think that automatically everything's going to be happy clappy when that's the opposite. Because what I've learned is many times we become the poster boys and poster girls of humility. Has anybody else felt like that, you know, things I used to do I can't do anymore? That people are watching and people are listening to what I'm saying and what I'm doing. And every time you do something that you know that is wrong because the Holy Spirit convicts you, you feel like you put Jesus on the cross all over again. Because you know it's not right. But in this pandemic, I believe that God has just been elevating that. And he's been bringing people to our paths. And he doesn't even have to go far because some of those people are our children and there are people in our own home, our husbands and our wives. Amen, walls and chairs. Amen, all by yourself, pastor. Oh, yeah, I'll preach. I'm preaching good. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching. Praise God. But that's why you can't compare yourself to others because what God has is he has something special just for you. God has a plan, and that plan has been designed that it would not move forward except by your movement and your obedience. You thought that AI, this artificial intelligence, was the intelligence, but really it is SI, sovereign intelligence, that you have to be aware of. And I'm going to ask, Brother Bill, would you get uh, my, my archery set? Because, you know, we've been talking about going beyond. And that going beyond is not just doing things that we've done before, but it's going one step further than we've gone before. And some of us feel like, well, you know what? I don't feel like I have all the resources that I used to have. Well, this is a good opportunity for you to go beyond. Because when you realize that God is not really looking at your ability, but he's really waiting for your availability, then you'll recognize beyond is not so much about the stuff that you have, but it's the stuff that you are not willing to do. You know, when I look at Thomas Akempis, he said something, he was a great theologian, and he, he says, and, and God is pleased to bless God and protect those who have a humble heart. He says, and he, and he understood this truth. He said, God walks with the humble. He reveals himself to the lowly. He gives understanding to the little ones. He discloses his meanings to pure minds, but hides his grace from the curious and the proud. Isn't that interesting? That God hides himself from the proud, but he shows himself to those who have a broken and a contrite heart. Can you hand me that, Bill? 
Now, don't, don't, don't go too far. I want you to sit right there because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to need your little help. You know, when I first started off um, this whole year, it was, it was talking about David in 1 Samuel 20 and 19. And he says, at the day after tomorrow in the evening, I want you to go to the place where you hid when this trouble began. And waiting by the stone of Ezel. The stone of Ezel was described as the shaping stone and the stone of destiny. And I saw that. And he said to David, he said, if God is sending you away, if God is sending you away, what he's going to do is I'm going to shoot an arrow in the place where you hid before. There is a hiding place for the people of God. But it's the same hiding place that you hid when you hid before. It's the same place when you got to the end of yourself, but you got to the beginning of God. That's the hiding place. I don't know what your hiding place is, but I'm telling you, God prepared a hiding place for you. Revelations 19.6 says, the spirit of prophecy declares that Jesus is Lord. You can listen to the who, the World Health Organization, or you can listen to all of the popular, uh, what's going on in, 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 the, in the news media. Or you can read the word of God and you can say, whose report will you believe? I will believe the report of the Lord. So what I've seen during this pandemic, the Lord said, go back to the hiding place. The place where I hid you when, when you knew that you couldn't get away from what you were trying to get away from in your past. Because you got to look at your past tense. You got to look at your present tense. And then you got to look at your future tense. Because if he did it in the past, he's doing the same thing right now. And he's going to take you into a glorious future in the, in the, in the future. Come on, somebody say amen to that. God has a plan, and it's good. But when he told David, he says, I'm going to shoot an arrow. And when I shoot the arrow up, he says, I'm going to tell the lad, if my father, when I have the conversation that my father has malice against you, he said, I'm going to tell the lad, it's beyond you. So go after that arrow. And he said, if it is well, I'm going to say, no, come on back. The arrow is right where you've landed. Come back. Well, we understand from the story what happens in 1 Samuel in chapter 20 and 19, it's beyond him. But come on, somebody say, it's beyond me. Whatever you want to do to get into the place to see the best you, it's beyond you. Wherever you believe that you're called to go in this life right now, in your destiny, in your dreams, it's beyond you. But it's not beyond God. Because he said, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. There is a ministry inside of you that is so great that you can't even die before you fulfill the purpose and plan that God has on your life. Because the man of God and the woman of God and the will of God is unstoppable until God is through using him. So therefore, my obedience is also triggering my destiny. But when he said it's beyond me, I, I noticed something because he had to take it out of a dark place. And when he took it out of a dark place, he took it out of his sheath. And it was pretty funny because when I thought about this whole, this whole theme this year, and the Lord put it in my spirit, just as we're getting ready to go into a new theme, he says, many people are going to struggle this next year because I'm going to pull them back. I'm going to take them out of a dark place, but I'm going to pull them back to some memories and some places that they were before. And they're going to ask the question, I thought we were over this. But if I pull them back, I'm only pulling them back because I'm pointing them where I've always intended them to go. But you got to understand something. When I looked at this, this in the first place, Bill, could you hand me that one too? Elder Lawrence, one of my dear elders here, he, 
he had a, he, he said, uh, Pastor, I see your, your arrows and I see your, your, your illustration. Do you mind if I bring some stuff in? And I said, all right. And so he brought another arrow in or, or another bow. And when he brought the bow in, I said, wow, my little bow right here looks like a little hobo bow. So I said, okay, I'm going to take my bow and put my bow away. I've been told. <laughs> I said, that's a nice bow. And I said, man, this one takes a little more strength to string this bow. Because you got to work a little harder. This one you got to, yeah, got to have some skill. Pray for me right now. Pray for me. And then once you, once you do that, oh, come on, say praise God, praise God. Sometimes illustrations go wonky on you, right? But I, I, I noticed the Lord said, sometimes he has to unstring your bow, and you feel like I'm, I'm popping, I'm moving in a direction, but why do things just stop all of a sudden? Because the Lord says, you were at one place, and that was all right for where you were, but there's new technology for you. There's a new level for you in your ministry. But in the new level, there's going to also require a new discipline. Because you can't do the same thing with this bow that you did with this bow. And I was like, wow, that's pretty good. But because he comes from Fletcher's Meadow, and he says, you know what, but it gets better than that. Can you hand me the next bow? Give me two at a time this time. He started revealing some stuff to me, and I was like, wow, this stuff requires that you got to grow up. Now, once you get this type of technology, it's waiting for you, but some of us cannot step up into this type of a level of responsibility because you can only go as high as your character will take you. Your character is your master key into anointing and strength. Some of us are stuck at that level and we're still sitting in the same place that we started even before the pandemic because the Lord says, even as a child, I can't take you from 5 to 25. What I've got to do is I've got to take you through the steps for the steps and the stops are God, of God are ordered and the steps of a good woman and a good man are ordered by the Lord. God has ordered your steps. But watch this. The bow was never about you in the first place. The bow is all about the archer. God is the archer, but he's got new technology. But if he can't trust you to pray, if he can't trust you to read the word, if he can't trust you to walk in character, he will not shoot you out of these type of technology. Now, I knew I wouldn't get a whole lot of amens out of this one. But amen walls and chairs and amen pastor all by yourself. I believe what God is saying is this. We are the arrow. The arrow never changed, but the technology does. The destination is still the target, and you are not responsible to get to the target. God has already prepared the target, but he has also prepared the flight of the arrow. Therefore, I believe what he is saying in this intense time when you feel like you're being squeezed, pulled back, taken out of a dark place, it's only to go where he's already intended you to go. Come on, give me an amen in this house. In the name of Jesus. But say this with me. It's beyond me. It's 
You see, you're, you, the, the Holy Spirit is way beyond you, but the Holy Spirit is the one that prompts you and leads you to where God wants to take you. Here, would you take these? I feel a little bit nervous holding them because you've got to be skilled to handle that. But remember, the bow is in God's hands. You're the arrow. And as an arrow, all you have to do is just stay straight. Come on, somebody say to your neighbor, stay straight, stay straight, stay straight. But how do I stay straight? You got to walk in humility. Because humility is heaven's ability for the natural to be supernatural. So what does that mean? To walk in humility, my first thing I got to understand is I got to walk in trust. The Bible says in, in Proverbs 3 and 5, he says, Lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. You see, God is the one that's going to keep you on the straight and narrow. It's you that just stays in the hand of God. So I want to give you three things, some ABCs to walk in humility. The first thing that you've got to understand with humility is this, is you must rise up to your authority. God has given each and every one of us authority. Some of us would say, this problem is mine. That problem may be yours. But watch this. Every problem has been designed because a problem is not a showstopper. It's just a stepping stone of what God wants to do in your life. There is an anointing, powerful, inculcate inside of that problem that God is going to use to use your ministry to help others in the same problem. I'm telling you, I've been hearing about spousal abuse, I've been hearing about child abuse, I've been hearing about substance abuse, I've been hearing about all of these different things. And I say, God, what is that? And I've been hearing about people who have just, just lost all their disciplines during this time. He said, that's their ministry that they're dropping. Because he said, if you look on the other side of that, that's their blessing. So what's driving you to your knees right now? What is humbling you right now? that you're operating in humility. You see, this is a very important thing because I believe that I'm talking to apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists. I believe that I'm talking to a church right now that Jesus lived for, died for, rose again, and he said, upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Somebody in here is gonna be used for the revival in this hour, and it's time for you to say, I'm walking in humility. See, it says in Ephesians 1, 19 and 21, it says this. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power? Verse 20, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in heavenly places. Verse 21, far above principality and powers and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but the age to come. You see, this is so powerful because we're seated with Jesus in heavenly places. So we've got to rise up to our authority. That means that we are, we are to rule from the throne with Jesus. Listen to what he says in Luke 10, 19. He said, I give you authority to trample on serpents, on scorpions, and over all the powers of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. That means many of us don't understand that we only live, we don't live in defeat, but we only rise to the place of our training. Where are you living right now? How you living, bro? How you living, sis? We receive the same mantle of authority 
when the Holy Spirit was given to us that Jesus gave. It says, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, and he went around doing good. Your ability to overcome any situation is already in you, and it's unlocked by humility. God, I'm not determining where the arrow goes, but I'm trusting you that you're going to send me where you have called me to be. So you literally, baby, close your eyes. Because God is already the archer. He's going to get you to the target. But you've got authority. Somebody say, I've got authority. Say, I've got authority. But it's time to exercise your authority. You can't just sit back like a doormat and take it. You can't just go through situations and with frustration because frustration kills your faith and said, oh, God, is this thing going to ever happen? Baby, you're better than an elephant because when the children of God had said all heaven and all earth groans in anticipation for the sons and the daughters of God to be revealed. Literally, when you begin to start moving, all of creation starts operating because God said he's waiting on us. He's not waiting. You're not waiting on him. Come on, somebody say it's in me. But you also have to understand, B is this, you got to awake to who God called you to be. You got to wake up. It's time to get woke and stay woke. You got you to get to a place where you begin to understand that the greatness is inside of me. You see, this is what he says in Judges 5 and 12. Write it down. Make sure you get it in your good ear. Awake, awake, Deborah. Awake, awake. Sing a song. Arise, Barak, and lead your captives away, son of Aminoam. You got to learn how to confess and prophesy the word of God. It's imperative that you put your faith in action today and that you start prophesying some stuff. Because prophecy, you ought you to understand, it is a declaration of things that, come, that are, are to come in your life. I'm tired of, of listening to everybody talk about the church is not essential, and now it's got everybody walking around in fear. We've got to now rise up in this hour and begin to take the authority that God gave us that we share with Jesus Christ. Amen. You've got authority. God is waiting on you to move in your authority. To prophesy means to utter forth, to declare. It says in Proverbs 18:20. Read it, write it down, hold on to it. A man's stomach shall be satisfied from the fruit of his mouth. From the produce of his lips, he shall be filled. You see, prophecy is a statement of projection that defines your destiny. So when you prophesy a thing, you can literally go way into the future and make a declaration against the circumstances that you're facing right now. But you got to let your faith out. That's why he says in Psalms 89, 34, my covenant I will not break nor alter a word that has gone forth from my lips. You see, God is watching over that word. That's why you got to get up in the morning. Instead of crying about that, that situation, I don't have enough money. I, 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 when am I going to get married? When, when am I going to get a, a raise? When am I going to get prophesy over that situation? In your circumstance, bring it into alignment. You've got the authority. God is, is waiting on you. You're not waiting on him. Come on, give me a good amen. amen. My God, I believe there's a roof ripping, ripping faith that's being released in this pandemic. And I believe that God is also up to something where he's calling us to awake to what we've been called. When he says to Deborah, when he says to a Barak, he said, sing a song. Don't be sad. Walk in a place of gratitude, not a place of regret. 
This is no time to gnash your teeth. This is the time where the joy of the Lord is your strength. This is the time when you get up in the morning, put some oil on your face. Don't be all miserable going to work because somebody's got to see the peace of Jesus on you. You're the person that's going to be a USP, a unique selling point for the kingdom of God. So it's time for you to prophesy. Somebody say prophesy. You know this to be very clear. I tell you to pray for me because I don't believe it's just coming out of the pulpit. I believe it's coming out of the pews. I believe that you are part of the body of Christ as much as I am a part of the body of Christ. He said, you've been called out of darkness into the marvelous light to proclaim his praises, prophesy, and propagate his blessings. I believe that this revival is going to be a revival of nameless, faceless men and women who will not take the glory but give a God all the glory. I believe he's going to do it in your home, in your community, on your, my God can somebody give God a praise in this place? I believe that God is going to do it through your marriage, through your family, through your gifting, through your calling. I believe that it's going to happen. It might be intense right now, but I declare that's where you turn up the fire on your prophecy. Glory to God. I feel something in my spirit now. Come on, somebody say, I ain't taking it no more. I'm declaring in Jesus' name. You see, this is a time where he says, not only must you rise up into your authority. Somebody say, I've got authority. Even when those emails start coming and all of those things and people seem like they're surrounding you, I may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by God. You got to awake into what God has called you to be, an ambassador in this hour of the kingdom of God. I believe that God is doing something so critical. And the third thing that you need before I let you go and send you home is this. You must embrace and walk in your prophetic assignment. You got an assignment. Come on, somebody say, I've got an assignment. You see, this is what he says in Genesis 3.15. And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. And he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. We've got to understand that the weapons of our warfare to accomplish what God has called us to are not carnal, but mighty in God. They're mighty. Come on, someone say mighty. Second Corinthians 10, 3 and 5, it says this, for though we walk in the flesh, we don't war according to the flesh. On the contrary, for the weapons of our warfare are not of this world, but they are mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. What's a stronghold in your house right now? Remember the past tense where you were. Remember I'm not where I want to be. That stronghold is that thing that's trying to stand in the way, but God says prophesy over that thing. Casting down every argument and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing every thought into captivity to obedience to Jesus Christ. Against face-to-face encounter, eyeball-to-eyeball, you're more than a match for the enemy. The devil's wiles can't stop you. You're a child of the king. You're a child of God. Because you're a child of God, let it get intense. Because the hotter the fire, the greater the anointing. I believe that God has already marked and earmarked that there is going to be exploits that are going to come out of this place. 
Because he said the people that know their God, the people that have a gnosko and intercourse with their God shall do great exploits. And I'm declaring right over you right now that there's great exploits coming into your life. All over this TV, exploits are coming over your life. I declare new hope, exploits are coming out of this house. In the name of Jesus, somebody say, exploits. As the worship team comes forward, does anybody have a, a $20 bill on them or a dollar? It's a cashless society. That's what I love about Brother Bill. Praise God. I will give it back too. Although I did say this is a no pay ascend event. <laughs> anybody want to go to Starbucks with me? For real, though. Somebody say for real, though. For real, though. You know, when I, when I look at this, this $20 bill, when I look at what you've gone through, and I just want to be real, the struggle is real. Come on, I've been in the struggle. Come on, raise your hand. The struggle is real. Yeah. But I want you to know, if I ball this up, this $20 bill, if I ball this up, but I also, at the same time, step on it. And if there's mud underneath my feet, and I drag this through the mud, does it take away the value? Is it still worth $20? This COVID pandemic has caused some to be balled up to feel stepped on, to feel drugged through the mud. But ain't he all right, because I'm still a child of God. I still got my value. Nothing takes away my value. So when they see me, they see him. I may look like I'm vintage, but I still got my value. I believe God said, you got to hold on to your value because your value is not in just what you're doing right now, but what he was willing to pay for you on the cross. Your value is priceless. You're much more than a $20 bill. You're much more than what you see right now. Your best is yet to come. The best is coming into your life. If you believe in giving praise in this house. Come on, don't tip him. Give him a praise. Don't give him an opera clap. Give him a praise. Release the anointing. Release your authority. Release the favor of God in this house. Hallelujah. It might be a hundred steps between you and God. He's already taken the 99. And on the cross, when they stretched him wide and they held him high, he died. And he died a cruel death in order that we might live. He became poor that we might become rich. And you see, when we begin to receive the gift, that's when the Bible says, it's by faith one believes unto righteousness. It's with the mouth one confesses unto salvation. That if you believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and you confess with your mouth, that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Because he said, tetelaste, paid in full. You've got authority as soon as you have that because you're seated in heavenly places. Your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. I won't embarrass you, 
But everyone under the sound of my voice, there might be a hundred steps between you and God. He's taking the 99, you just have to take one, and it's a step of faith. Romans 12, 3, don't think more highly of yourself as you are, but be sober, humble, humility, for God has given everyone a measure of faith. Exercise the measure that God put inside of you. If you want heaven to be your home, pray this prayer with me. Jesus, I surrender. I turn from doing life on my own terms. I can't do it anymore. I confess my sin. I don't conceal it. This day, I give you my personal permission for your heavenly intervention. Come into my heart and make me the person you want me to be. Please, fill me with your spirit. I want you more than anything else. Thank you. Today, I receive this gift that cost you everything. Father, everyone that has prayed that prayer, I pray now by the authority of the blood of the Lamb and the finished work of the cross that you would give them the assurance that their name is written in the Lamb's book of life and they will be with you forever. But as you have taken them out of a dark place, now shoot them into the direction and the target that you created before the foundation of the world. For they are your poem, your workmanship, created in advance for good works. We thank you, Lord. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And the people of God said. If you've prayed that prayer, hit us up on the screen and say, Pastor B, that was me. And also, connect with us at info at newhopechurch.live. And like us in our, our channel. And all of you who are here, if you've made that, I won't embarrass you. But on the count of three, if you're here and you're declaring that for the first time, just by a show of hands, would you just lift your hand? One, I receive Jesus as my Savior and Lord. Two, heaven is my home. Three, raise your hand. Praise God. Now, this is the second one. For those who are saying, yes, I need this humility. I choose to walk in it because I don't lose my value and I will not resent what others are receiving because this is heaven's ability for the natural to be supernatural. I will walk in this supernatural. You stand to your feet now. Everybody standing and you receive this prayer and declare this with me as well. Come on, lift up those hands. Lift up those hands. Dear Lord, Father, I surrender. I thank you for your gift of your son. I thank you for the gift of your spirit. And today, I humble myself beneath your mighty hand. And I believe you will lift me up. As you lift me, activate your gifts inside of me. I want to be everything you created me to be. Let it now come alive in me. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen.
Now, Father, everyone that has prayed that, because it's not by might, it's not by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. I pray now, Holy Spirit, that you would activate them, that you would come alive inside of them. Lead them tomorrow as they rise, as they go to bed. Lord, I pray that there would be a witness in their spirit that you're with them. As they read your word, Lord, direct them and guide them and let great exploits come out of them. We believe, Lord, for that revival that even the devil has to pray for, the rapture of the church. Do it in this generation, God. We thank you that the shift has taken place because in this intense time, we have now intensified our praise. In Jesus' name we pray and the people of God said, Come on, give him praise in this place. Come on, if you receive it today.